Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. So I wanted to start the show today talking about a parade, a victory parade. Basically, the single most joyous and exuberant public group activity that you'll ever see. Or at least it is supposed to be the single most joyous and exuberant public group activity that you're ever going to see. Unfortunately, in our society right now, essentially nowhere is safe. Especially in this country, nowhere is safe. There is nowhere to go where you can let your guard down and just live in that moment of pure joy, seemingly. There's no way to have a carefree celebration of something to that end and not have the risk of something like this happening because it keeps happening over and over and over again. If there was ever a reminder that there are much more important things than football, it was yesterday, which is why I can't just sit here and talk about a football party without leading with and spending time on the tragedy and the catastrophe that went down yet again at the world's biggest football party. So quite obviously, my thoughts are with the person who lost her life near Union Station in Kansas City yesterday and her family and loved ones and with the 21 others, reportedly, who were injured, who were recovering and their families. 21 others, including children, children shot, children injured in a mass shooting at a Super Bowl victory parade. I mean, it's all so disgusting. It's also infuriating. It's also sickening. I mean, I am sick and tired. I'm beside myself for having to come in here and start yet another show like this. Beside myself. Believe me, this is not what I ever want to do. And while there's nothing surprising about any of it, unfortunately, I can't believe that this is where we're at now. It's not that I can't believe it's happening. It's that I can't believe that there's nothing surprising about it. I can't believe that mass shootings aren't only a regular occurrence in this country. They're now a regular occurrence at sports victory parades. Considering at least 10 people were injured in a shooting during the Nuggets victory parade last June, and there was gunfire also reported near the Rangers championship parade back November. This is a regular thing now, apparently. And the reason I bring that up is what should be one of the best things ever is now one of the worst things ever. After seeing this happen yet again, would you still want to attend a victory parade? Would you dare bring your children to a victory parade? How many times is this going to happen? How many times, how many lives are going to be lost? And are we supposed to just accept this as the new normal? It's not even new. It's just normal. So are we supposed to normalize mass shootings? Of course not. But here we are again. And no, I don't have the answer. There were 800 law enforcement officials at that parade, and it still happened. And it's going to happen again. 
And it's infuriating. And at this point, I don't even know what to say or do anymore. Because frankly, I never thought in my lifetime that I would ask myself, is it safe to go here or there without fear of encountering an active shooter or shooters? But I do now. Kids, kids who were allowed to skip school for what should have been a day they would remember for the rest of their lives were shot. And now it's a day that they'll never forget, but for all the wrong, horrific, catastrophic reasons. Again, it doesn't feel right to just move into the rest of the program, hit the topics of the day, have our beef segment, even have fun, laugh, talk junk, do what we always do. But given that I don't have the solution as to what to do about the evil living amongst us, all I can do is say my thoughts and prayers go out to everybody who's suffering as a result of yet another senseless, catastrophic attack on our own. And I'm here to talk about this as much as you want. I'm here to talk about this as much as you want, while at the same time also do what else we generally do. I'm here for both those things. Because frankly, I don't know what else to do at this point. I just know it's infuriating and it's horrifying and it's essentially the most wretched thing ever. I just really, really hope that we can find a way to make sure that the worst people in our society cannot get their hands on weapons. And then show up to mass public celebrations and attempt to commit mass murder. There's got to be a way to stop this. There has to be a way to stop that from happening. But no, I don't know how. I don't know what the answer is. Like, I thought, I thought yesterday that I would come out today and open the show and undoubtedly talk about debauchery. Debauchery, but not tragedy. You know, like a certain type of debauchery. Drunken debauchery. And then I would pose the questions, how much drunken debauchery is too much drunken debauchery? You know, I thought that would be the tone. I thought that would be a thing. And ultimately, I am going to get there. And probably sooner than later, because prior to the catastrophic events, at the end of that parade, we saw a lot of that. A lot of debauchery, a lot of drunken debauchery, because there seemed to be one man on a mission to find out if there was such a thing as too much drunken debauchery. I think we all know who that man was, Travis Kelsey. And because he's a Kelsey, he put on a show at the parade. So I want to get into all of that. I want to get into Chris Jones. How about a negotiation at a parade? That's not the place to negotiate, I don't think. Yeah, my man seemed like he was ready to sign a new deal. So I want to get into that too. So again, there's no, there's no convenient segue. There's no easy way to do this. So I'm just going to keep this open-ended. I know that prior to that happening, I know what I wanted to cover today. And I can still get into that. So quick question. Why is Old Trapper Beef Jerky so amazing? Let's start with the fact that it is a family-run business. A family business which stands by quality and produces the world's best beef jerky. 
Now, I've made this point many, many times, and I want to make it again right now. Beef jerky is not just beef jerky. I think some of you go to the store, and you reach for the beef jerky, and you think it's all the same. In fact, you might not even know what you're buying. That's a big mistake. Stop making that mistake. All beef jerky is not the same. In fact, there's nothing like Old Trapper. It is simply the best. Four mouth-watering flavors, so you can get your choice of whatever you want. Myself, I like them all the same. I bounce back and forth between each and every one of them. So you can do the same thing. They come in four-ounce bags. If you need to learn, do it that way. If you already know what you want, go with the 18-ouncer. That way there's enough for everybody, the entire unit, the entire family, the entire team. If you do not see it, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper, what is your beef? Alan in Kansas City. Alan, it's nice to have you on. How are you? Alan, or uh, Rome, we're doing all right, man. Hey, we're hurting in Kansas City. I've lived here my whole life. I'm 50 years old. I went to your tour stop when you were here. I went to both parades last time. I was there yesterday with my sister. I'm there with my brother. We're having a great time, you know, like it was the last time. And all of a sudden, you know, the crap just hits the fan. We're running for cover. Never been in that situation in my life so scary and and we're hurting and uh that's all i got man thanks thank you alan i mean that's really something so i i was gonna ask him a question or two and he said i that's all i've got thanks he said i went to your tour stop i've gone to the other parades i was there with family members and then it happened it hit the fan and then we just started running let's go back to kansas city for a moment jj in kansas city JJ, it's nice to have you on the show. How are you? Mr. Rome, um, what a crazy week. Uh, from the highest of highs to just fill the lowest of lows. Kansas City, this isn't us. Like I almost want to say to America, this isn't us. This can't be us, but sadly, this is us, and we've got to be better. I mean, to ruin the joy and celebration is just, it's, uh, it's, it's taking away that Americana of the ticker tape parade. And I want to say to the subhuman waste of spaces that thought shooting was an idea to bring a gun to, to cause violence like that, I hope you're seeing the inside of an 8 by 8 cell for the rest of your times. Um, I was thinking about taking my three-year-old little girl to that parade, and I, sh- I shut her tears, and I almost, just, without words, was thinking what would have happened because a mother of two is dead now, and why? Why? It's so senseless. I, are we going to have to go to, like, a stadium-only event now that – People are going to have to go through miles of security just to get in and see their prey and take away that one-on-one fan interaction where your favorite players come up to you for a split second for a selfie. And, and thank you, Rome. Thank you for all the time you spent on this. And it's something I also wanted to say, yeah, the heroes that, that jumped in there at the last minute, that, that took the courage to take, tackle that guy to the coaches, the players, the staff that hung around and comforted kids and families in whatever way they could. Um I know you've, you've done Kansas City well, man, and this is just such a black eye. I, I feel so ashamed that this is how we represented ourselves at a parade. And thank you again for the time, Rome. I'm out. You know, I appreciate that. Dude, you absolutely should not be ashamed of that. That's not on you. That's not on Kansas City. This, again, could and does happen everywhere. This is not a Kansas City thing. This is an evil thing. 
You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved for only a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everybody feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. We are joined by Joey Logano. Joey, good to have you back. Joey, how are you? I'm doing good. What's happening? You know, usual stuff. Great to run you down, especially before the big one. Listen, in most sports, heading into the first event of the year, Joey, I would ask an athlete, hey, tell me about the offseason, man. What did you do? What did you do to get nice? But NASCAR is different because NASCAR kicks off with their biggest event of the year, so I'm guessing your downtime must feel like ancient history. How pumped are you then to have captured the pole for the Daytona 500 for the first time in your career? Uh, we're pretty stoked about it. We've... Uh, <laughs> To be in the front row for the Great American Race is uh, obviously a huge deal. It's a huge deal for our team. Um, everyone works so hard over the offseason, massaging on this car, uh, just to see what it's got in qualifying. Joy uh, Lagano. It's the only time that you're on the, on the racetrack on your own, uh, and you're, you're wide open around it, so it's really a lot about the team, and, and they really – uh, brought out the new Dark Horse Mustang with a, a lot of speed, and nice to be on the front row. Sorry to interrupt you. I thought you were done. Joey, listen, I'm going to ask you about the team, but I do want to ask you about the car. You broke 181 miles per hour in qualifying, so it seems like the car is running extremely well. Does winning the pole at Daytona have added significance, not only because of the stature of the race, but because teams, all the teams, put so much time in the garage during the winter, ramping up for it? And then tell me about your car. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it is. I mean, and especially with our, our Mustang this year is the new Dark Horse Mustang. So this car has been developed, you know, all last year and um, has never seen the racetrack up until yesterday outside of the L.A. Clash, which is on a quarter-mile racetrack. So you can imagine that two-and-a-half-mile racetrack is, is much different, uh, and the body design is going to be you know, affected by the air a lot more when you're going 180, 190 mile an hour. So uh, we know it's fast by itself. Uh, so anything we can do to put the Shell Pennzoil Mustang out in the clean air, that's probably what is going to be a good move because it's got speed. So, um, you know, look for that you know, bright red and yellow car to be uh, out front anytime I can get it out front um, because of the speed. But tonight in the duels, we'll be able to tune on it a little bit, uh, see what it's got in the draft with the handling piece of it. Um, and then, you know, we have a practice, and so a couple practices before the 500. So we'll just keep dialing it in slowly but surely and make sure we have it perfect by Sunday. Joey Logano joining us. So, Joey Ford swept the front row with Michael McDowell qualifying second. After drivers for Henrik Motorsports had won the pole at Daytona eight of the last nine years, did what happened yesterday feel like something of a breakthrough? Uh, you know, it, it's crazy because you come down here for the you know 500, and we don't have any practice laps to know where you're going to stack up. So it's truly like a surprise to everybody uh, on where you're going to be. And, and, you know, just talking about the new Mustang, same thing. We have no idea where it's going to be uh, until you get out there. And just to see the speed I had initially um, was very exciting. Um, and finally, somebody knocked uh, Hendrick off of the poles here. They had an incredible run, and, and, and uh, they did a great job, obviously, at, at being able to create speed in their cars. Um, but it's nice to be able to see a Ford up there, two Fords up there uh, to fire off. So um, we'll see how tonight goes, like I said. But uh, definitely a huge accomplishment. There's a lot of guys on my team that have been doing this for over 30 years that never had a Daytona 500 pole. So there was a lot of excitement last night, uh, rightfully so. It was exciting to see them.
Hey, Joey, I think that's cool what you just said, that there are guys on your team who have done it 30 years and never, ever seen the poll, which brings me, to, brings me to my next thing, and that's time. Time is so weird. Like, you and I have been talking for so many years, going back to when you were NASCAR's teen sensation. It's hard to even process that this is your 16th Daytona 500. You won in 2015. You chased that by finishing fourth twice in 2018 and 19. You came in second last year. What is it? That I mean, it's Daytona, of course, but do you think this track brings out the very best in you? It brings out the very best and the very worst at the same time. <laughs> Explain that. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, anytime you have you know that that much on the line, right? This is the Great American Race. It's it's the biggest race of the year, unless you're racing for a championship in Phoenix in the final race of the year. That's only for four drivers, but for everybody in the whole field, the Daytona 500 is ginormous. Um, now, there's no other you know time that you do a bunch of interviews like I'm doing today about winning a poll in Atlanta next week. It's about Daytona, and this is how big this one is. So, um, yeah, this this is a, a an event that you want to have checked off. The Harley J Earl Trophy, and it, you see that thing at, on media day yesterday, and and you know it's great to have my name on it once, but all you want to do is put your name on it again. Uh, it's such a special time to to do it. Everybody, all your partners are here. All your um, you know, all your family, your friends, everybody is here uh, ready to celebrate if you're able to make it happen. So um, it's hard to put the Daytona 500 into words, um, you know, just the prestige and everything that goes along with it. Not to mention it pays really, really well to, to win this one, too. So there's a lot oh, of good man. things that happen um, that, you know, makes you makes a lot of the drivers make some very aggressive moves on the racetrack. And I'd say the best and the worst. That's where I go. As you can You can make some big moves, but there's also a lot of, mistakes that happen at the end of the race because every driver i think is wired to say i will give up a top five finish for a chance to win uh it's not like that at every race but for the 500 people are willing to throw out a really solid finish for a chance to win I think that is an amazing explanation, description of what that's really like. Joey Logano joins me for a few more moments. And, Joey, I want to give you credit. I think, number one, you always show up like this, but especially this week when you're doing so much media, I really appreciate you showing up with this kind of energy. I mean, there's juice in and of itself because it's Daytona, but props to you because I can only imagine how many interviews you'll do today. Let me ask you this. Like, when you mention Daytona, there are guys that already the stakes are always so high. Every single time you get behind the wheel of one of those rigs, stakes are so high, but especially in Daytona, give and what's at stake and the money involved, which brings me to the obvious thing. Every athlete that I've ever known always, always, always says, control the controllables. Your sport, more than any other sport, it's really important to control the controllables because almost everything's out of your control. What's your mindset? How do you approach that? It's, you got to look at all the details that are there. You know, our cars are all so equally matched now that it really comes down to the people. It comes down to the team and the execution of the race. Um, you know, our, our, obviously we have a really quick car here, but that doesn't mean anything if we don't execute the race properly from a strategy standpoint, from working the draft, putting ourselves in position at the end of the race. There's some things that can happen, right? I mean, there's, there's times that you can get caught up in a wreck that happens here in Daytona, right? We talked about, you know, last five laps of this race gets so intense and, and, and the moves are so aggressive and risky that you could get caught up in something, but all you can do is control exactly what you said, control the controllables, which is put yourself in position, be in the picture, be, you know, in that top, you know, four to six cars on the final restart. That's all you can ask for throughout the whole race. And listen, it's 500 miles. There's never going to be a perfect 500 miles. There will be mistakes made within that, and you'll have to overcome some kind of adversity. But if you know it going in, 
it's not a big deal when it happens. You just keep fighting through it, and uh, and like I said, you're never out of this thing until the very, very end. So you got to keep trying to make up for it. So, Joey, one last thought: if it is the Super Bowl, your sport, like I talked to, I was in Vegas all last week, leading up to the Super Bowl, like I am every single year. And guys will always say, you know, you want to treat it like it's just another game, but clearly, it's not just another game. As you work your way through this week, you're doing your media today, but as you work your way through this week, I mean, can you really say that you're going to stick to your process and treat it and prepare mentally and physically like it's just another? the race or do you change something and gear up differently because it's not just another race it's daytona what is the approach yeah i mean the biggest thing is that you have to keep competition first there's a lot of other um, things that pop up on your schedule uh whether it's media whether it's like we talked about all your sponsors are down here um you know dinners and all that 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 come up but as long as you are mentally prepared and know everything that's going to be coming your way when the race starts you're good. Um, and so, yeah, is it bigger than every other race? Yeah, because there's a lot more things to do, but you have to keep competition first. Uh, and as long as I do that, when the race fires off, I feel prepared and ready. It's a great answer. It's the focus, right? As long as you maintain focus, as long as you keep the main thing the main thing. You know, all those kind of like trite cliches, but they're all accurate, right? As long as you keep the main thing the main thing and you focus on your fuel or you keep the focus the main thing, then you can the, – the future will take care of itself, I think, as long as you're focused. He's the driver of the number 22 Ford Mustang for Team Penske. He got the flag. Daytona 500, I should the, – the poll, I should say. And that's the first time he's done that. He's already won the race. I'm talking about Joey Logano. Obviously, a lot to cover. Joey, great to have you on the show. Thank you very much, and good luck this weekend. I know it's a big one. Yeah, thanks, Jimmy. It was a good time. I uh, hope to hope to do it again. It's been a, a little bit. It's been nine years since we won the 500. We were dude, only two inches away from winning it last year. So we're hoping to, to make up the difference here. You know I'll find you, man. You know I'll find you if you do. In fact, I'll find you if you don't. Right. Joey Logano joining us. Thanks, Joey. Always appreciate you. Always shows up like that. I mean, that, Alvin, that really is the epitome, the epitome of the disclaimer. Now, Joey Logano is one of the good guys, but tell me, if I run the NASCAR disclaimer right now, tell me he does not check every single box. Good guy. Top performer. They know what they're doing. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We are joined right now by Nate Taylor. Nate, it's good to have you on. Good morning. How are you? Doing okay, Jim. Doing okay. How are you? Yeah, I would imagine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Thanks, Nate, so much. And I appreciate uh, you joining us today. Obviously, Nate, a day of celebration turned into a day of tragedy. One person was killed. Reportedly, at least 22 people were shot near the end of the parade. You were there. Can you take us through the timeline of yesterday's events? Yeah, sure. Um, I was there, and I was uh, I was mostly there as a father. Uh, I actually took the day off um, because you know my son uh, Hayden, who's eight years old, wanted to go to the parade. Um, and as I've said before to a couple people, you know, when I cover the when I cover the games, obviously I'm not watching it with my son. So I wanted him to have I wanted us to have just um, that father son time together. Obviously with my wife Holly um, and even our even our young puppy. Um, 
Maple. So it was a great celebration. The weather could not have been better. It was the best weather day uh, that Kansas City's had for one of these parades, even including, obviously, the 2015 celebration uh, with the Kansas City Royals. So it's, you know, above 50 degrees. Uh, everybody's having a great time. Uh, you know, multiple players are celebrating without, you know, without shirts. Um, you know, we were on 20th and Grand. So uh, for your listeners, that's halfway. That's basically the halfway point of the parade. That starts in the downtown area and sort of flows to Union Station, which is, of course, where the rally was held. Um, and so for half parent reasons, half journalist reasons, uh, you know, I told my son, hey, this is as close as you're going to get to the guys. You saw everybody on the team. Uh, he enjoyed, you know, the hell out of the parade. Hey, let's leave from here because the crowd's only going to get bigger at the rally in front of Union Station. Let's go back north and we can watch uh, the rally we can watch what Patrick Mahomes Travis Kelsey Chris Jones we can watch what those guys say on television and so that's the decision we made just because I wanted to hear what those guys said with obviously the best audio through television not knowing of course um, that the shooting was going to occur literally minutes after uh, the rally concluded so um, you know there's you know one thing I'll never forget Jim is looking at a colleague of mine, Neil Jones, from KCTV5, as they're starting basically their post-coverage of the, parade, of the parade and the rally, and then you hear the gunshots, um, and you see people starting to scamper, and then you see them starting to run, and then them starting to sprint, and Neil Jones is trying, you know, on live television, trying to understand what he's seeing. And then, of course, obviously we know – as much as we know now, which is just an utterly tragic situation where multiple people brought firearms to this celebratory event, which logically makes no sense to me. Um, but yes, we were, you know, me and my family were basically a couple blocks from this happening. Um, and it's just utterly sad now because even the NFL is trying to decide, should we continue to have our players, our coaching staffs, whoever wins the Super Bowl, should we continue to allow them to have their championship parade in public? Or would it actually be safer if we were to have those celebrations, even if it's minimizing the crowd in an NFL stadium? Nate Taylor joining us. So much to unpack there. I really appreciate that response, Nate. Uh, I think, yeah, that's a very valid question and one that has to be posed. Let me ask you this, Nate. As a Kansas City native who has spent yeah. most of your life in the region, can yeah. you describe the general feeling in the area the day after the tragedy? And you know that area. How do you make sense of this? Frankly, it could happen anywhere, and it does, but you've spent your whole life there. Yeah, I, I spent my whole life there, and I thought something that, uh, you know, the mayor, Quentin Lucas, said, which I thought was very poignant, was the fact that, you know, Kansas City has a, uh, you know, St. Patrick's Day parade. We're going to have a St. Patrick's Day parade in basically, you know, a month's time. Uh, obviously, you know, the city has had multiple championship parades. This has never occurred. Um, and with that comes deep sorrow, um, pain, and just, I think, you know, not just this is just me as a person, let alone a you know a journalist or anything, but just trying to understand why this could have happened. Obviously, um, there were over you know over 800 police is what's the number been reported, but you can you could add even more onto that because there's other police departments uh, from across the Kansas region 
who are obviously supporting um, the rest of the city while the parade was going on. So it's, it's, it's complex. Um, you go from feeling, you know, elation. Uh, I, I would like to remind the, the audience too, like Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones are inebriated in public because they, they won a Super Bowl and they're trying to have, you know, a release of tension and stress and they're just there to party. And then somebody has to remind them along with other people with the team that they have to leave, that basically we have to evacuate. We have to get you out of Union Station. We have to get you on the team bus and we have to go back to Arrowhead Stadium, uh, which again is a very interesting point uh, for the players and the coaching staff and obviously the support staff uh, around them. They get bused from Arrowhead Stadium to downtown Kansas City and then they're supposed to basically have a nice dinner, a nice like, you know, uh, happy hour event, I should say, at Union Station. And then, you know, they're all going to, you know, get in the, get in the, get shuttled back, I should say, to Arrowhead Stadium so that they can get to their own cars and obviously go about what was supposed to be, you know, a pretty fun Valentine's Day. Um, none of that happened. And with that, uh, seeing people of my hometown running without any understanding other than they just heard gunfire that they thought was maybe fireworks, but now it is gunfire. You're trying to wrap your mind around where do I go? I mean, it's a lot of open space there, Jim. Um, just a day of utter sorrow and trying to unpack all the confusion that came from, you know, people who made um, just a terrible decision, no matter how you look at it. We are talking to Nate Taylor. Nate Taylor writes for The Athletic. He covers the team, has covered the team since 2018. You know, Nate, like you said, you were part dad, part journo. This comes up every single time, and as soon as I began to talk about this today, a number of people said, I am tired of trying to explain this to my child. How do you explain right. this to my child? You brought your son. I mentioned that I remember, and you talked about your son being eight, right? I remember when I was nine what sports meant to me. You're probably like me. Well, you're probably a better athlete than me, but when I realized I couldn't be an athlete, I knew I wanted to do this because as a child I was obsessed. How did you explain this to your child? <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's such a great point. My, my son loves football. My son loves basketball. I mean, I'm trying to get him into tennis more and more each day. But uh, you try to be as logical of a parent as you can while not being um, – well, not trying to guard yourself from the things that are not logical. And so um, my son is trying to understand it. Uh, me and my wife, Holly, have tried to explain as best we can. Um, but kids are going to have great questions. And as adults, we don't have great answers. And it's okay to sometimes tell your son, like, I don't know why somebody, why multiple people, you know, now that we know this is obviously, uh, you know, in the heat of it, it's like, what do you mean? Um like, Dad, why are people running on television? Why, like, you know, we have, like, well, we're going to watch the news now. I'm going to obviously get on my phone. Cell reception was just, there really wasn't any, which I think added to the level of confusion within the city, like people trying to reach out to me, um, knowing that I was likely there, um, and then trying to tell, you you know, trying to tell all your people that you're safe or that you're, you've reached, you know, a place where you feel comfortable, you know, communicating with others. So, when you get to the child part, and obviously my son's in school today, school was out yesterday so that they could go to the parade. I think that's another thing that is just yes. kind of deeply concerning. Like every, just about every public school district said, hey, we've done it last year. We've done it, you know, last three out of five years. We're going to do it again. We're going to, you know, 
Uh, it's going to be a great weather day. Like we'll just add a calendar. We'll just add a day onto the calendar towards the end of the semester. But for everyone, uh, there is no school tomorrow. Every kid can go to the parade if they want to. Um, I, I saw thousands of kids, Jim, and to know that you know a large, a, a sizable amount of the victims were children is it's just gut wrenching. So um, you're there because that day is for children as much as adults love to drink and to cheer and obviously to, to be amongst Patrick Mahomes and Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey, that day is primarily for children because it's supposed to be a lifelong memory. And me and my wife have discussed the idea that this is his first experience with, you know, a mass shooting incident. And um, we, like a lot of Americans before us are trying to navigate the best way to give as many answers as we can with, also understanding that, like, yeah, man, uh, you're smart, you're learning, and, yeah, we as adults don't have the answers because we haven't had the answers to uh, make you, us, or anybody else feel safer when they go to public events. Absolutely nailed it. Just nailed it. Nate Taylor writes for The Athletic. He's covered the Chiefs since 2018. Nate, I really appreciate that so much. I can only imagine what it's like there right now for you and everybody else, but I appreciate your thoughts so much, and really well done, Nate. Thanks so much for doing that. Yeah, thank you again, Jim, for having us. And, uh, yes, keep us keep us all in your in your prayers is what I would say for my city. You know it. Listen, not all beef jerky is the same. Old Trapper's original old-fashioned teriyaki. Hot and spicy and peppered all come in four-ounce bags so you can sample all the different flavors to find the best one for you. Ask for Old Trapper by name. No other jerky compares Old Trapper. What is your beef? All right, you can beef about anything you want. Anything you want except the two aforementioned. You know what those two are. I don't need to reset that. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm just saying, if you have a beef about sports or non-sports, I do not care. Just make sure you're tight with it. Get in, get out. Beef, state your beef, get out. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to the phones. Now, written beefers. That does not mean that I'm not getting to you. It means I'm starting with the calls. Let's go to Wichita. Tim. Great to have you, Tim. What is your beef? Rome is real simple. One word. My beef is Ben, and I'm out. Well done. You nailed it. That's how you do it. That's a great start. Get in, get out. State your beef, get out. Nailed it. Atta boy. 1-800-636-8686. This guy's done this numerous times. And a couple of times, he's actually gotten it right. Let's find out. Ryan in Sacktown. Ryan, what's your beef? Hey, Jim, real quick, I called after the Uvalde shooting about my now nine-year-old, and you were asking earlier about the conversation. It's happened long ago for too many of us parents, so it's more of an update and a reminder of what to do if it happens at your school. So, anyway, my beast, Jim, sorry to be a buzzkill, is actually with the NBA coaches, Wilt, Kareem, Robertson, Malone, Wilton, Sabonis. Yes, Demonis Sabonis. All of the Hall of Famers and Sabonis are the only dudes with 37 straight double doubles. Jim, I'm not saying the other all star. Ryan, no. You don't like First of all, you're not sorry. You're not sorry at all. You're not sorry for anything. You know exactly what you just did right there. You had an entire hour to make that call, and then you waited for the beef segments to make that call. 
And then you moved on to a beef that was not tight and not short and not good. So you're not sorry, but I am. I'm sorry I took your call. I know you're not sorry, dude. You're not sorry for anything. Stop with that. Let's go to Tempe. Jake in Tempe. Good to have you. Jake, what's your beef? Hey, Jim. Rome wasn't built in one day. Jake and Tempe, and I got a beef with my fool. Yeah, I know, Jake. I just said, let's go to Jake and Tempe. You broke a rule. You got run. Again, again, very few rules. Do not state your age. Do not restate who you are and where you're calling from after I just said it. I think that a lot of you are not ready, and it's a crutch. And you're trying to buy yourself some time and steady yourselves. Don't do it. I said, Jake in Tempe. Do not say to me, hey, Rome, it's Jake in Tempe. I know, Jake. I just said it. Hey, hey good news, written beefers. Three strikes and they're out. Let's go to Ty in Boise. Hey, Ty, what's up? What's your beef? Oh, ho, 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 Benny boy. I'm not sure why you're so insistent on taking good songs from good musicians and spitting, spewing your verbal diarrhea all over your cubicle or your bathroom stall and their music, but go back to your hole that you crawled out of because, like Romy said, your takes are ass and your beefs are garbage, and nobody wants you here, idiot. My man, you're a genius. Like you, like you said that better than I could have ever said that. And they've paid me to say things like that. Now, that was an incredible beef. Now, that's a beef. That's a beef. Right back on track. Way to go, Ty. Way to bring me back. Way to get us right back on path. Back on the path. Hell yes, Ty. That was so good. Hey, Alvin, do me a favor. I, I know that I'm a hypocrite because I don't want to disrupt the process. I want to hear that again. That was so good. That was a great beef. That was biting in beef. Let's keep going. Let's go to Philly. Where do you want to go, Tommy? Let's go to Philly. Rich in Philly. Great to have you, Rich. What's your beef? Romy, Rome. My beef is I'm having a hard time listening to your show today because my ears are bleeding from Ben's song. He makes the Tampa Tampa Rays song sound like Jimmy Buffett. He makes Jardian's jingles sound like Have a Coke and a Smile. He makes Parody Larry sound like Barry Manilow. And he should want to make Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs drive their fast car into him and keep on driving ass. Rich in Philly. I like it. You see, Ben, nobody wants you around here. It's not just me. Man, Ben. Hey, Ben, you know what's funny? You're brilliant, actually, Ben. You didn't mean this. It's unintentional. But you wanted to complain about the beef segment, and now every beef's about you. Well played, dude, even if you didn't mean to play it that way. I'd call you the greatest troll ever, but that's not what you meant to do. You meant to cry. You meant to call and cry and whine and get all butthurt. And now all of a sudden, it's about you. Kind of funny. Let's stay with the phones. This guy's done it before. Let's go to Pomona. Anthony, great to have you. Anthony, what's your beef? Hey, Jimmy. Look, I got a uh, double beef real quick. Sure. I got a beef with my chubby-ass coworker showing me his Spartan Race videos. Bro, I don't care about your, uh, uh, about your adult jungle gym escapades. You can't do a pull-up. Just get in the gym and work your fat 
ass out. And I also got beef with my brother. Bro, don't try to solve a problem by calling me and start F-bombing me right away. All right? E-A-D. Stop calling me. Lose my number. To his brother. Stop calling me. Brother. Lose my number. Brother. Brother. And stop showing me videos of your adult jungle gym. You can't even do a pull-up, fat co-worker. 1-800-636-8686. Why don't we try Oregon? Sean, good to have you. Sean, what's your beef? Hey, Jim. We're going to NBA All-Star Weekend, and I got a beef with the NBA for putting G-leaguers in the slam dunk contest. This is a star-driven league, and, and that, that ain't it. And this is like the Major League Baseball putting minor leaguers in the home run derby. That don't happen. Step up. Step your game up. Problem is, they don't have anybody who wants to do it. Step your game up. So they're going to turn some G-leaguers into potential stars and try to get them to come on this show, and I'll say no. 1-800-636-8686. By the way, it is the All-Star Weekend coming up. Are you into it? Are you going to watch it? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to watch the G-leaguers get nice in the dunk contest? Yeah, I would not expect Mike gold chains dangling in his sweatsuit, taking off from the free throw line to throw one down to come walking through that door. Let's go to Indiana, right? Cody in Indiana. Cody, what's your beef? What's up, Jim? My beef is with all these people at the fitness center, not wiping off the machines. Did you not see the back sweat on on the seat after you just get up and you're like, yeah, you know what? I'm on to the next one. You're disgusting. You freak me out. Every time I see I just give you a weird look and you guys, and he, they just walk off like they don't care. It's nasty, Jim. Completely nasty. Is it nasty, Cody? All right, let's not peter out here. I mean, the good news is if the calls do, in fact, get kind of lame and don't work, I'll just go to the written beefs. I know you took the time. I know you written beefers feel like you're getting slighted. Hey, understand this. When we started this thing, we always started with the written beefs. And then we'd mix in the calls at the very end. And then the thing flipped. So it hasn't always been that way. Now, yesterday, there was something that happened on the program. Something always happens. And sometimes it's even good. Yesterday, we were talking about conspiracy theories. And I said, the kooks have run amok and have wrecked a good thing. I used to love a good conspiracy theory, but these conspiracy theories about how the NFL is fixed so the White House could be fixed have just run amok. And it's gotten so bad that even legitimate news outlets are interviewing Patrick Mahomes and saying, hey, uh, Patrick, what do you make of this? It's gotten that bad. So a clone said, I got one for you, Rome. Paul's dog is actually... Dave in Tustin Ranch. And then I went on my whole rant about how if you're going to take a guy that you think is a tool or somebody you don't like, and since you don't know who the actual dog is and say that that dog is that tool, then there's going to be a thousand of those calls. Anyway, now you're up to date, which brings me to this guy, not the dog, or Alvy, give me a little jingle. Is it the dog? We don't know. You know, Alvin, the conspiracy theory. Thank you, Alvin. Sorry to put you out, kid. Dave in Tustin Ranch. Hey, Dave, what's your beef? And are you Paul's dog? 
Oh, my God. Hey, uh, what's up, Jim? Or, hello, Romy Rome. Hey, listen, dork in Dallas, do me a favor. Go back to your meth lab or your, your little moonshine still and just stay off of the radio. Dude, that was a brutal call yesterday. Anyways, what a stooge. All right, here's my beef. Tough to beef on a day like this, but I'm going to try. I'm um, talking about two wings of the exact same dumbass stool pigeon. Looking at you, toll roads. Looking at you, 91 express lanes. I ride the toll roads every day. I got a $7 toll. Well, they go to settle it the next morning, 3 in the morning. My credit card is now uh, under maintenance. So now I've got a $75 toll. Clean it up, you scholars. Oh, my God. I mean, the IRS and the Kremlin by the sea think you guys have too much power. Out. You're back, dude. I love it. That's a good phone call. See, you can't hold it against the guy that he didn't get racked three times in one day when it was never his intention to call the show three times in one day. The fact that he called once and then called a second time and got racked back to back, I was the one who said, hey, dude, try and do something that's never been done before. And then he's kind of gassed out. But that, you can't hold that against him. That was another good call. Rack him. That was funny. That made me laugh. Rack him. That whole thing was funny. <laughs> the Kremlin by the sea that is the Irvine Company makes me laugh every time. I laugh because I, I've dealt with the Irvine Company for like 20 years. I've, had, I've lived down here. I've had real estate. I, I know who and what they are. And I'm not even judging. I'm just saying I know who and what they are. It just makes me laugh that he thinks they're the Kremlin by the sea, and especially after what he just went through with the toll roads. The toll roads are not cheap. They're just the best freeways ever. If when they work, I think you have to be an OC resident or an OC user to understand what that guy just said. That was funny. Let's keep going. Why don't we try Wisconsin? I like it. You know, I love Wisconsin. Mike in Wisco. Mike, good to have you. What's your beef? My beef is with customers who hang over my shoulders while I fix your vehicle and they tell me, that's not how they do it on YouTube. I've been doing this for 30 years. Let me do my job. I know what I'm doing. Wow, dude. That's a good one. That's not how they do it on YouTube. An armchair mechanic. It's like your doctor diagnosing you. Hey, man, no, no, that's not how they do it on YouTube. That's not what it says on WebMD. That's not how they do it on YouTube. That actually was also very funny. You see, written beefers, this is why you're getting stoned. This is why you're getting shut out. A mechanic said, I hate people who hang over my shoulder telling me how to do my job when I've done it 30 years, and they tell me that's not how you do it on YouTube. Hey, bro, how badly do you want to tell them? If that's not how they do it on YouTube, why don't you freaking watch YouTube and fix your own car and not bring it to me? You're the expert. You've seen YouTube. Wow, dude. I mean, I, I use YouTube, but for things like trying to figure out how to hook up my HomePod to my Mac, which is what I did last night. I, I don't try to fix my own car. I, I could never do that. That's why, no offense, bro. This is why there are some, I'm not saying all, some mechanics that I do not trust. Because I don't know. You could tell me anything and I would believe you. That's why whenever I have a problem with my car and then you say, hey, by the way, there's also this, 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 and this. I'm like, really, dude? Because you know that I don't know. So are you on the up and up or are you jamming me? Because I'm an easy mark. Well, I got a beef. 
believe it or not, it involves my favorite Starbucks. I roll in this morning to get some much-needed nitro, and I'm rolling in a couple minutes late, so I'm really heated because I got to get here. I got this weird thing that if I'm not here at 5.30, Tommy will look at his watch like, hey, boss, slacking 5.32. Handwritten note on the door at Starbucks. Sorry, opening at 5.40. Unhappy smiley face. Upside-down smiley face. I'm like, oh! But then the gal recognized me and because I had ordered my order on my app. I, I finally started doing that after, for the first time in three years. And she, she came to me like looking around, looking around, looking around. We're not technically open, but I have your order. I'm like, yes! Winning! It's kind of a random time, though. I'm not, believe me, I'm never cracking them. I love them. I love the gals who work there. I love that store. 540 seems like kind of a random time. Like, it's no longer the pandemic. They just put a sign up. Uh, opening up at 540, they open at 5 every day. 540? That's random. That'd be like me showing up for the jungle, like, uh, opening up at 940. Not doing the show at 9. I-, I would love to put on social an upside-down smiley face that says, starting the show at 940. Sorry. Starting at 9.40, show ending at 11.20. 1-800-636-8686. Aaron, Boise. Aaron, what is your beef? My beef is people who use my kids' elementary school as a dog park, don't clean up after their dog, and then my kids and their friends are stepping or falling in it every day. Take your dog to the actual dog park a mile down the road. Loser, out. Yes, dude. I'm telling you, how did this thing come back? This thing is back with a vengeance. A beef with people using my kid's elementary school as a dog park because then my kid and everybody else's kid steps into the dog crap or they fall in it and they bring it home. Oh, hell yes. That, that's a great beef. An original beef. Right on, bro. Rack him too, Albie. A T X Vince. Great to have you, Vince. What's your beef? Romy take us out. First of all, heart goes out to KC. We love you. Anyway, let's start. Those Texas AM Aggies calling us little brother because you were in the SEC first. Wrong. You will always be our step the illegitimate little brother. All right. Aggies love sheep. You're an engineering school that cannot build towers. Out of here. Hook them. Jarrah, why are you still alive? Jarrah, why are you still alive? I mean, you want a medical explanation or is that rhetorical? The blood's still pumping? Oxygen's still going to his brain? Eyeballs still bulging? Still making no sense whatsoever? He got one thing right. He hired Zim. Love that. I actually did a minute on that already. Love that. Let's go to Youngstown, Chris. You're in. Chris, what's your beef? Jim, I got a beef with that Benny dude. And this is the reason why I don't really like karaoke. Because not only can do not sing, but he knows he can't sing. Literally. And he makes himself look like an ass. But really, he's a clown. An ass clown blowing bubbles out his butt. I'm out. You know what? 
you're not wrong. Except that part about he knows he can't sing. I don't think that he knows that he can't sing. That's not clear to me. Like I said, I don't think he's trolling me. I don't think that he's in on the joke. I don't think he's being ironic. I think dude is proud of his work. I think he's at 2024 Neems. And by the way, that guy makes Neems seem like John Lennon. Yeah, I don't know that he knows that he can't sing. I think that he thinks that he can. I know I can't. That's why I don't. Let me repeat that. I know I can't. That's why I don't. Let's go to Houston. David in H-Town. David, what's your beef? Hey, appreciate it. My beef is with people who, right in the middle of a conversation with them, say, oh, fun fact, just get on with it, tell me it, hook them. I like that. You don't need to state it, right? You don't need to qualify it. Just say it. I picked that up recently. I don't say it a lot, and I say it kind of like in in kind of a a fake douchey way, like, oh, here's a fun fact. This dude's like, you don't need to state it, man. Just say it. Like, all decide if it's fun or not. Fact or not, just say it. Hook them. I like it. I like that Houston attitude. I like that Houston energy. Should we go to Wyoming? I like that idea. Been there. I've got a couple of good Wyoming stories that I cannot share. Clay in Wyoming. Clay. Clay, what's your beef? Is with the clueless slow walker in the airport. Look, I know you're loafing your way to diarrhea plane. But somehow you're 36 inches wide and you're successfully blocking a 200-foot wide concourse. Get out of my way. I'm out. I missed the beginning part of that. Was he beefing with fat people? Oh, slow person at the airport. I get it. I get it. I get it. But to me, that's still not nearly as bad as person on the people mover posted up on the railing. I'm telling you, unless you are really, really physically incapable of walking you just cannot do that i i've never understood that i'm not even saying like i'm some kind of crossfit fanatic but anybody who posts up i mean it's one thing to stand on an escalator that's fine but i'm talking about those people movers that are like a mile long and you're even if you're five hours early you can't walk on that thing that's worse. Let's read them. I'm not in the mood for a bunch of butthurt written beefers. Jimmy Jam, my beef is with taking your car to have it serviced, and when you get it back, some butt wipe has moved the seat, changed the radio, turned on the heat, or air wide ass open. Dude, all you did was drive it 50 feet to pull it inside and it took you 30 minutes to do the work. You did not take a road trip to Houston. Patrick in Alabama, agree. At Foy, Ohio, Jim, my beef is with my son. He's three, love him to death, but he repeats everything. I slipped up and I dropped an F-bomb while playing his favorite Hot Wheels game on Xbox. Now, instead of making car noises, when pushing his Hot Wheels, he screams, Come on, bro. It's Vroom. Jimothy. My beef is with my laundry. How come every time I carry the bleeping pile, I always have one 
disrespectful sock that worms its way out of the pile and onto the floor, and I have to stop everything and pick up the damn thing and put it on top of the pile. Fall in line, sock. You're not special. Zach in Hum County. Jim, my beef is while talking to someone, they mention that they texted someone, then proceed to text the air with their thumbs, acting like they're texting. Uh, yeah, I've seen someone text before, and I know what it looks like. You don't need to show me. But thanks for the visual. Best regards, PZ and Milton. At the J-Man 5, my beef is with Mother Nature. I do a weekly five-mile run. The first half of today's run, I'm fighting the wind the whole time. I turn around to head back home thinking it has my back, only to find it reverse course. At squad 488, my beef is with my wife. We rescue a puppy, but guess who ends up getting up in the middle of the night with him and taking him to the vet? Yours truly. You wanted the puppy for your share. War the hockey playoffs are around the corner. Good point. My beef is with the old folks at the gym who get dressed from the top down, forcing everyone in the gym to gaze upon their ham and eggs as they drag that dusty old thing across the floor. Please stop. I can't take it anymore. Chris in SC. Wow. I'm not totally sure what that means. But I know it's not complimentary. And, you know, I, I actually, I never went ham and egg on somebody. But I'm not going to lie. I'll own this. I'll be driving around with DJ. And I'll be like, hey, yo, check out that insert, you know, ham and egg or whatever. And she always is saying, hello, they're out there trying. You know, typical Jano and typical me. I'm cracking on somebody who looks like they've never hit the pavement for any reason ever. And she's like, I respect it. They're trying. They're trying. This dude obviously does not respect it. Dear Jim, my beef is with the idiot who picked Prince Harry to present the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. They probably had to explain who Walter Payton was to him. They could have picked someone who overcame hardships and served their community. Instead, they pick a whiny, inbred twit with a shrew wife who made him quit his job in England playing dress-up to come over here to trash his family for fun and profit. Do better, NFL. Wow, dude. Union City, I see you. Matt in Union City. Well played, Matty. Rome. This is a good beef segment. This is a really good beef segment. Rome, my beef is with the idiot on the airplane that can't get the luggage in the overhead compartment. How did you make it that far in life? Josh in Buffalo. You know, you know, what, you know what my beef is? The, the old lady who yells at me for not getting her luggage out of the overhead compartment. And then when I do, which I was going to anyway, I just hadn't gotten there yet, it cracks me in the head. And then she wants to know what took so long. Look, Ham and Eggert, just kidding. Mr. Rome, I got a beef. So, I went to grab a snack out of the snack drawer at work, and what do I see? A certain jerky, not named Old Trapper, 
What the hell is this garbage? Be better. Garbage. Ward Dayton Flyers to the Final Four. Lyle and Pittsburgh. Look at that, man. I like the Berg coming in with something other than, hey, Rome, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You don't know what's going on here. You don't know a damn thing about us or Mike Tomlin. Appreciate you, Lyle. Rome, tell that Pomona beaver, if he really wants to get back on his brother, just give his number out on your show. Regards, Luke Walton. JP in Riverside. War, Luke Walton. Love, Luke. Call my brother. My brother is uh, running it. We're giving him something to do, so call him all <laughs> you want about anything, even if you want to just talk basketball. I'll give <laughs> nice. you his cell phone. So call his cell phone, 619 Oh, Dude, are you sure you want to do this, by the way? I'm going to no, jump I'm lo- in. I'm loving this right now. How about Bill? Can we have his number, too? <sighs> I can't do that to the yeah, big no man. Way, man. <laughs> I can't do it to my dad. Luke, was that a great, great response? He was going to give out his brother's phone number and say, hey, clones, have at it. Blow this guy's phone up. I'm like, what about Bill? Oh, no. I can't do that to the legend. (laughs) Luke. What up, Luke? It says, my beef is with people who press the already lit elevator call button. Hey, elevator whisperer, I know you're the main character and we're just extras, but if the call button is lit... The elevator is already coming. It's not going to come any faster no matter how many times you press it. Just be patient and stare blankly into space like the rest of us. Dave in shallow alto. I do that. I'm not going to lie. I do that. I do that. I do that on the crosswalk. I do that on elevators. I, I always do that. It just feels better. Or I'm bored. I think you're wrong. I think that, that it gets the sense of urgency. It's like, oh, somebody really needs me. I'm coming up faster. Look who's here. I'm going to read this as it's written. Jimmy, my man. My beef is when, or my beef is I hate when I'm performing coitus. Alvy is over my shoulder telling me I'm doing it wrong. And then he just jumps in. <laughs> Come on! Come on! James in Portland. It says, my beef is with the beef segment. Why can't we do this every day? Thanks for keeping me smiling and laughing, Brantley and Eugene. Because then it wouldn't be special. You can't beef every day. I just can't do a half hour of beefs back to back. That was so great. I would say today the written beefs were every bit as good as the caller beefs. And the caller beefs were every every bit as good as the written beefs. And that was the easiest half-hour segment I've ever done. It did itself. Clones, great job. Great job. If I'm going to crack you when you're not right, I'm going to hype you when you are. Great job, clones. That was a great beef segment. Good night, night. 